Good morning, everyone. All right. Well, it's great to be here. Uh, the theme of today is uh, it's the network. And uh, we'll be uh, sharing here a couple thoughts from the Scriptures. Please turn your Bibles to Judges chapter 14. Uh, my name is Martin Chaires. Uh, my wife and I uh, serve in the teen ministry uh, here in South Bay and in the coastal L.A. region. And uh, we're really happy uh, to do that. Uh, so excited about last night. Those of us that were there at Youth Ministry Night, uh, what a great time uh, to have Stuart and Ashley Maines who were uh, grew up in the church, were part of the teen ministry. They're now in the campus ministry. Come and share with us uh, the things that their parents did uh, to help them and the things that they went through as teens. And so I just appreciate how vulnerable they were. Appreciate all of us that were there, uh, really learning, invested uh, and just being more equipped on how to be better parents for God and better parents for our kids. Amen? And I appreciate just uh, our, our youth ministry nights keep going from strength to strength. Even food-wise, it just keeps getting better and better. And so I really, I really do appreciate that. If you're visiting with us, we're a church that is about the Bible. It's about having a relationship with God. It's about doing our best to fulfill the Scriptures. Uh, if you're here, deep down, all of us, all of us really, we want to do what is right. We want to live for God. We want to make a difference in the world. And a lot of times we just kind of get caught up, right? And there's a lot of things that can discourage us. It's so funny that the theme it's called the net, it's the network, because this morning my computer went down. And so you're going to just see the PowerPoint with my hand. Um, but you know, you live by technology and you, or you, and you die by technology. I think Jesus said that. Um, maybe He worded it some, you know, a little differently. But uh, you're in Judges. I want to read a couple of scriptures here to set us up in our study this morning in the book of Judges. You know, when it comes to being connected, when it comes to being part of a global network, a lot of times we can lose ourselves because we... We, we, we don't feel close to people in our family or we don't feel close to people in our church. And a lot of times it's simply because we're so consumed with ourselves, whether that's intentional or not. But by nature, at least for me, I can really get consumed with just myself, either things that I'm excited about or things that I'm discouraged about. You know, I often feel just guilty. By nature, I'm a guilty-minded person. Something goes wrong, it's my fault. And it, it just kind of it messes me up for days. A lot of times, it is my fault. But even there, it's hard for me to accept grace or accept encouragement. And I just kind of get down on myself. And then that's wrong also because then it's just self-pity. And a lot of us are kind of the opposite, right? We just, you know... We have to be reminded that we're responsible for certain things. And it takes a while for us to see that. And when we see it, you know, we, we take responsibility. But here in the book of Judges, we, we see a, a young man who was growing up in a very faithful environment. His parents were faith, devoted to God. His community was devoted to God. Uh, he was totally connected. There was a promise from God. That he was a part of everyone in his community uh, was striving to serve 
God. He had it all together. His network was set up. But he was caught up. And he became all about himself. And I hope as we dig into the Scriptures, uh, that you can see yourself. You can see the Samson in you. There's a Samson in all of us. We kind of wish there was a Samson in all of us because, you know, the buffness and the strength and all that. But, you know, that's just not happening for all of us, right? It's not happening over here. But when it comes to compromise, there's a Samson in all of us. You know, later on tonight, I believe it's the Oscars, right? And, uh, you know, I don't know if who you're cheering for to get the best, you know, picture, the best actor and all those things. You know, sometimes you, it's just more entertaining to just read the Scriptures. Because when you look at someone like Samson's life, it's like, wow, this could be a movie. It's action. It's drama. It's a documentary. I mean, it's all these different things. You just got to add the music, you know, on your iPad on your own. I want to read a passage here in John 15, and it sets us up here for our study out of Judges. In John 15, Jesus, he's all about the network. He's all about family. He's all about, hey, we're in this together. And he's reminding his guys, because he's about to leave them. He's about to be crucified. And he's reminding them about what it's all about. And he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, it's kind of a strong statement. Like, are you sure, Jesus, I can't do nothing without you? Of course we can do great things. But he's talking about spiritual things. He's talking about having spiritual breakthroughs. He's talking about having the power to say no to certain things. Having the inspiration and the willingness to say yes to other things. And he's just reminding his guys, hey, as I step out of the picture here, don't go back to live on your own. Don't go back to be consumed about yourself. Remain in me. And if you get anything out of today, is that. To remain in God. To remain about Him. And I want you to remember this. In whole, you know, this little statement. Compromise is the great demise. Compromise is the great demise. You know, Jesus didn't want them to compromise. He said, hey, even if I'm not around physically, remain in me. Even though you're going to be afraid in a few hours and may betray me and may want to go back into fishing or into your homes and be scared, hey, remain in me. Even though you don't know what's going to happen a few years from now, and you may be a little fearful, and you want to take control of your life, hey, no, 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 remain in me. Remember, you are in me and I am in you. Let's do this together. Don't go on your own. Let's go to Judges. We see an example of someone who did exactly the opposite of what Jesus is asking of His disciples there in John 15, and of us. 
And I don't know about you, but I love studying out passages where it's just one person and just, you just kind of do a character study, and that's kind of what we're going to be what we're going to be doing here today. Let's go ahead and read. Actually, let me set, let me share a scripture here. Whoop. You know, Samson was a Nazarite. I want to just read two scriptures that help us understand what a Nazarite is. It says, as long as they remain under their Nazarite vow, they must not eat anything that comes from the grapevine, not even the seeds or skins. So no grapes, no wine, nothing. That was part of their vow. To be a, the, the word Nazarite means to be set apart. They were set apart for God. And Samson was one of those, the, one of those guys. Another passage says he must not eat anything found dead or torn by wild animals. We should probably all apply that one. And so become unclean through it. I am the Lord. See, their devotion, the Nazarite's devotion was, was so intense about God, it, it involved food. It involved how they looked. It involved what they did. And that's what Samson was chosen for. To serve God. To be this, this, this connection. To be God's network to the Israelites there physically. Unfortunately, we see a lot of compromises in Samson. And again, there's a Samson in all of us. Either he's active or he's not. But he's there. Verse 1 in chapter 14. Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Pretty mature of him, right? To get his parents to go get his girlfriend. Verse 3. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all your people? Must you go down to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. I love her. I mean, you can just hear him being a little teen right here. Verse 4. Let's go quickly. I probably shouldn't have said that. His parents did not know that this was from the Lord who was seeking an occasion to confront the Philistines. For at that time, they were ruling over Israel. Samson went down to Timnah together with his father and mother. As they approached the vineyards of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked with the woman, and he liked her. Verse 8, sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass. In it was a swarm of bees and some honey, which he scooped out with his hands, and he ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, and they too ate it. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. You know, this is so interesting. Here's this, this, this Nazarite, this man devoted to God. He just... 
instantly sees a woman and just falls in love. This, this, this theme of instant gratification is there in Samson's life over and over and over again. And you see the beginning of him losing his network, him losing his connection with God, him losing his network and connection with his purpose as a leader of the Israelites and focused on himself and what he wants, on what appears attractive. And so he goes. His parents are a little against it, but even the Scripture says, hey, God was going to use this. God was going to use this relationship to start a little conflict between the Philistines and the Israelites. Because overall, God's plan, He wanted to set up the Israelites to continue in their plan so that years later, Jesus would be come through that plan. But you see, even though Samson knew that and understood that, he lost himself and became so much more about him. And, and it's a lot like me, where I can understand Scriptures. I can understand how God feels about me. But sometimes I don't feel that. I understand it, but I don't feel it. And so then I act on my feelings, rather on that truth, that understanding. And there's times in my life where I compromise in my times with God. Where I compromise in my anger, my impatience, being judgmental, being self-righteous, being lazy. Turning off my heart to not feel when people are around me that need me. Can anyone relate or am I just on my own right here? And you know, the struggles have changed for me spiritually over the year. Last September I turned 30, I became a Christian at 18. In a few months here, a few weeks, I'll be a Christian for 11 years. So excited to become a Christian. Actually, 12 years. What am I talking about? 12 years. It's that community college math right there. <clears throat> but my compromise as a young Christian and my compromise as almost a 12-year-old Christian is very different. And I'm grateful that it's different. Because as a young Christian, it was, you know, okay, I'm trying not to curse right here. Okay, I'm trying not to cheat because I didn't, you know, I didn't do my homework. Okay, I'm trying not to, you know, deceive my mom because she's going to ask me a couple questions and I'm going to be like, yeah. Right? Now, you know, it's, those are not so much of struggles, but it's more struggles of my heart, of pride, of anger. And I can get so consumed with myself and I'm starting to see something new in my heart that's really scary. It's this sense of entitlement. Of, why did you wrong me? I deserve this. I've sacrificed this much. And I'm not acting on it, but it's there. And it's there consistently. God, why didn't you bless me like, like that family? Like that brother? Why don't I have those talents? Why do I have a Toyota Corolla? I mean, the, the list just goes on and on and on. But you know, it all starts with just being disconnected with God. And also being disconnected with the purpose in the family of believers. And that's what it was for Samson. You know, it's interesting that as he starts walking, 
he chooses to go by the vineyards. What's in the vineyards? Grapes. You see, he knew he's not supposed to eat that. Now, did he eat them? No. But he walked right by them. See, that alone was a, was a compromise. He didn't touch it. He didn't put it in his pocket. He didn't just kind of kick it around. Ooh, what does it look like? But he saw, and so the thoughts came in. And I think that's for some of us, you know, we can, we can compromise that way where we're not saying those things, or we're not doing those things, but we're walking by. Or we're tolerating those things. Somehow, all of a sudden, his parents who were with him are no longer walking with him. And this lion just out of nowhere just, just attacks the guy. Maybe he was about to touch the grape and God's like, alright, lion, go! And my boy here, Samson, just gets the lion, the young lion with his bare hands and just kind of tears him apart. I don't know how he did it. I don't want to paint a picture because we're having chili later. But, you know, he just kind of took it, took the lion apart. And then he rejoins his parents. You know, so much of my compromise and the things that I struggle with now from pride, arrogance, Self-pity, impure thoughts, greed. I can trace them back in how I compromise in not following my mom's direction for my life. And for the preteens, the junior high, and the teens, you know, I hope you're grateful. And I hope you value the advice, the direction that your parents give you. And those of us who have fathers, I hope you value their insight. I hope you value their, their thoughts, their correction. Maybe it's strong at times, but you have it. I grew up where my mom was my mom, and she played the father role also. Single mom. And you can't play the father role. And so that voice of my dad, it's not there. There's no relationship there, there, I don't have a memory of a dad being in the stands watching me play soccer. There's no memory. I have no memory of him pulling me aside and, and telling me about, you know, relationships or friendships or how to wrestle or how to box or, you know what I mean, how to change the oil on a, none of that. I have no Memory for the rest of my life, those things will never exist in my memory bank. I hope you don't compromise and depart from your parents when you're not supposed to be departing from your parents. Samson did that. He walked away from his parents and he compromised. And that network, that connection, with his parents, that gap became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And as we grow up, that gap should be a little bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you know what I mean? And we should start our own lives, but not emotionally, but not spiritually, maybe just more physically. And then later on, he goes back, and it's so symbolic there in verse 8, he says, sometime later, he went back to marry her, he says, he turned aside 
to look at the lion's carcass. So he goes back home, and then he's coming back to see his future wife to marry her. And he's like, let me go check out that lion I killed. You know, a man, you know, just total prideful, wants to see his trophy right there. And he sees, oh, look at it. And he looks closely, and there's, there's a swarm of bees, and there's honey. And what does he do? Oh, mm. oh, there's more. I don't know how he carried it, but he got it away. Now, he's a Nazarite. What did he get the bee from? A dead animal. You don't think he knew that? He knew that scripture. That conviction was instilled in him since birth. I mean, he knew, he understood who he was. But what did he do? He compromised. Compromise is the great demise. And then he brings it over to his parents. Does he tell them where he got it from? No. And you see this gap again, this secrecy that Samson now has. Okay, when no one's watching, I behave differently. I act differently. And there's certain things I tell my parents, and there's certain things I don't tell my parents. Now, all of us here have parents or have had parents. Can you trace back your compromises as a young person with your parents? It's heartbreaking, isn't it? The decisions that we made growing up and how we compromised. I hope that our next generation can learn from us and not compromise in that way. In verse 10 it says, Now his father went down to see the woman. And Samson made a feast where? There. Where was there? In Timnah. As was customary for the bridegrooms. When he appeared, he was given 30 companions. And he's kind of there fellowshipping with those guys. And he says, hey, let's make a bet. If you guess this riddle, then you got, you know, you got to give me certain things. And if I guess, I'll give you certain things. Talking about clothes and things like that. And then he says this riddle. Out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. And the guys can't figure it out. And so his friends go and they talk to his, just his, his, his wife. And they're like, tell us! Did you bring him over here to ruin us? He's not even one of us. Tell us! Go get the answer from him. So she goes and, you know, for days, come on, don't you love me? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. He's like, I haven't even told my father and mother. That's really encouraging, new husband. If I haven't told my mom, why would I tell you? That's probably what you don't want to say to your wife. But he said it. Compromise, great demise right there. And so they get the answer out from him. She does. And she goes back. I mean, look what she did to him also. Kind of betrays him and tells her friends, hey, this is what it means. What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And so he loses the bet. In verse 19, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Ascalon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went up to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to a friend 
who had attended him at his wedding. Wow, what is happening right here? You see, the compromise from looking at the vineyards led to eating something you weren't supposed to eat, led to lying to the parents, and now he gets married and he has the feast there. Well, where is there? In the Philistine territory. If you know anything about Philistines, these guys have multiple gods. Part of their worship is being intoxicated. A lot like today. So part of their worship was being high and being drunk. And that's just what they were. They were known for that. And so Samson chose to have his party there. You know, we just got to party with the right people. Don't compromise and party with the wrong people. You know, relationships in the kingdom, fun in the church and with spiritual friends, man, it's so much more meaningful. You know, for the single, when you're going on a date or a different dance or different friendship, different relationship, different, different conversation, it's deep, it's genuine, it's real. People that you just know completely, love completely after just knowing them just a couple years. Why? Because you're in the battle together. You're fighting together. We can't replace that network. We can't replace that connection. And yet sometimes, again, going back to the Samson and us, we can compromise and become all about ourselves. You know what's interesting here? It says that Samson was given 30 companions. That's just sad. No friends came with him. Why? He probably wasn't someone who had spiritual friends. Plus, there were so many compromises in his life, he probably didn't want anyone spiritual close to him. Because they would challenge him. So he isolated himself. That's what sin does, doesn't it? A lot of times where I just feel like I'm not connecting with people, simply it's, again, it's that pride. It's that independent spirit in me. It always comes down to, most of the time at least, my personal sin. My sin separates me from people. My anger separates me at times from my wife. But I'm grateful. The reminders of the Holy Spirit the reminders every Sunday to take communion that reminds you, okay, i got to get back and connected with God and with people. You know, how, are, how is your friendship? How is your network, right? We have all these networks now. You, I get emails every day of join Lincoln something or link whatever. Get connected. Build up your network. Da, 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 and those things, you know, there's a place for that. But a lot of times we could just be consumed with that. A lot of times we're going through something and we don't even spend time face-to-face with someone. We just kind of post it online. And it can become a bad habit because you stop sharing your heart with people. You just share it out there. And someone reads it. Oh, no. It's always weird when it's something like not, not, not good. Do, do I like it? Do, 
like, but not really, because it's just hard to communicate, right? Don't compromise. If you're isolated right now, the practical today is find where you're compromising. Get connected with God. Get connected with others around you. In verse 19 there, where, you know, there was a big, where God sees Samson in trouble. The Spirit comes on him and he goes and he just, he just beats up these 30 guys. Now this is the Old Testament. Don't be like, hey, why'd you do that? I was just fulfilling the Scriptures. I took down 30. No. Um, but you don't see Samson coming back to God and saying, you know, that was a close call. I'm so sorry. I've got to repent here. What am I thinking? There's so much. I've drifted so much. There's no, there's no aha moment for Samson. And I think because he got close to the vineyard, the lion came and he took the lion down. Then he saw the honey and then he talked to his parents and they didn't really catch him. Then he had the party and he kind of got in trouble. He knew he shouldn't have been there. But then God still rescued him from that problem. You can say, hey, this is God's grace. But I think the problem for Samson is that he started using God's grace, God's favor, as a license to sin. Well, nothing happened to me when I walked next to the vineyard. In fact, a lion attacked me and I killed it. Not only that, there was something really cool in the lion. Not only that, I got the girl. Not only that, I had these guys and they got me, but then I got them back. That's how he processed what happened. And a lot of times when we make mistakes and God provides a way out, sometimes we just go back to those same mistakes. And we use that grace, we use that love, we use God's favor as a license to continue to sin. I want to encourage you to finish chapter 15 and chapter 16 in Judges and complete the story of Samson and you see how he continues to compromise. And in some ways it's probably a little tough to read because it's kind of like a mirror. You'll see the Samson in you. Very tragically, after this relationship ends bad, he has another relationship, it ends really bad. Then he has another relationship with Delilah, it ends really bad. And after all those compromises, he finds himself in prison. They had gorged his eyes out. A scripture prior said God left him. After so much sin that he was involved, God just stepped out of the picture. He said, Samson, you're not paying attention right here. And so Samson, they, they, the, the Philistines have this big feast to kind of ridicule Samson. And they put him up there, and you've probably heard the stories or read, you know, seen the cartoons or whatever. And so Samson gets out there, and he's blind, and he says, hey, put me next to these two pillars. And then he says a prayer. And it's this huge temple. There's a bunch of Philistines there. And, and he just prays for God to give him revenge. I mean, even at the end, he's still just praying for himself. They wronged me. I, 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 I. 
As you read chapter 15 and 16, just circle the times where he uses the word I and me. So consumed with himself. Disconnected with God. Disconnected with people. You know the reality is? That's our culture, isn't it? We're independent by nature. It is about us half the time. And we can lose ourselves. We can lose our connection with God. We can lose our connection with each other if we continue to live that way. You know, it's so sad because obviously the temple falls down. He destroys a lot of the other enemy's army. He himself dies. And at the end there in chapter 16, it says that his family came to collect the body. It's really a sad picture. And they collect the body. It was his mother and sisters. We never hear about them prior, disconnected from his family. And it says that they go and they bury him next to his dad. You know, while he was in prison, dad must have passed away. Never got closure with family. Compromise. It's not worth it. Compromise with God. Compromise with our spirituality. Compromise with friends. Compromise with family. It's never worth it. Compromise is the great demise. We're going to go ahead and take communion in just a second. Let's turn to Matthew 26. And we see the opposite of Samson. We see Jesus, who was exactly the opposite. Very rarely is there an I in Jesus' language. And when it is, it's a true statement. More often than not, it's a we. It's a you. And you see Jesus never compromising. He was also from Nazareth. And you see in His journey how He was never alone. He walked with His mom and and His brothers. And His sisters were involved in His ministry. There was 12 guys around Him all the time. And He was always giving. And He was always sharing. His network was about fulfilling God's plan. Loving the Father and loving one another. That's our call. We cannot be like Samson. We cannot compromise and lose our network, our connection with God and people. we got to be like Jesus. As Jesus is wrestling to go take the cross here, as He comes and now He's arrested, in Matthew 26, in verse 52, He says, Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Or technology, you know, in the Greek. Depends. Verse 53, Do you think I cannot call on my Father and He will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels. But how then would the Scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? At that time, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place for the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. You know, Jesus was about fulfilling scriptures. Samson was about 
compromising when he knew the good he ought to do. What do you want to be about? What do you want your family to be about? What do you want your future marriage to be about? What do you want your dating relationship to be about? You choose. Fulfill God's plan. And have no regrets. It's still challenging, but it's fulfilling. And you keep your relationship with the Father, and you keep great friendships. Or do you want your life to be about compromise? Loneliness. Deceit. No closure. Bitter end. We choose. How's your network with God? How's your connection here? If you're here with us, we would love to get together with you, share our life, share the Scriptures, help you along the way. Nothing will be imposed on you that you don't agree about. It's more like when you learn how to drive, you had someone in the passenger seat helping you. Hopefully you did. That's what Stand the Bible is like. Someone just teaching you to maneuver the Scriptures until you can do it on your own. Amen? Jesus was about fulfilling. Samson was about compromising. Let's go ahead and say a prayer as we think about what Jesus has done for us, as we think about His sacrifice. I want to encourage you to find, if there is an area, to find where you're compromising. And to make a decision to be not about compromise, but to be about fulfilling. Amen? Let's say a prayer. Father, we're so thankful that even though there is a Samson in us, that You call us to remain in You. Thank You that Jesus is greater than even our sinful desires. God, thank You that You're patient with us. Thank You for Your reminders. Thank You for Your inspiration. God, thank You for Your warnings. Father, I pray that our life would not be about compromising, but our life would be about connecting with You and with those around us. God, thank You for the South Bay Church. I pray we can love one another, God. I pray we will not compromise in our devotion to each other, but that, Father, we would fulfill the Scriptures that call us to love one another, to serve one another, to spur one another on toward love and good deeds, to forgive one another. Help us to be about fulfilling those Scriptures, not compromising. Father, I pray that anyone has a, uh, just a difficult time with someone in this room that they could be closer today. Please lead them the path of forgiveness and closure, God. Father, thank You for allowing us to be able to take communion as we meditate on the sacrifice that was made so that we can have the ultimate network, the ultimate connection with You and with brothers and sisters here and throughout the whole world. We love You, God. We pray, God, that we can be more and more like You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.